Blog Talk Radio. without white folks and be able to raise the question what is it that we're going to do independent of white people it is very very hard for us to envision a world without white people but we cannot create our own agenda until and unless we can define an agenda that can envision a world in which they don't exist now we have to wake up and come back to the reality of them but certainly when we talk about a future, we have to talk about a future from our point of view and our historical understanding of reality. Nangadef, Majwo, Habargani, Salbona, Anisogoma, Peace, War, Pan-African Greetings Family. This is Kamal McCasey Tahuti, and you have entered Africa's Reascension. As usual, we will start off with our apai, our libation, to deliberately call upon the energies of our African gods, our African spirits, and the forces of those yet born to guide and bless them in this endeavor. Ago, 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 Odumakuma, Inyame, Inyame wa, Treaty upon, Asa Seya, Beje Ensa. Abasun insa, Abasun po insa, Nana Sergebi insa, Nana Esiketua insa, Nana Dadi Kofi insa, Nana Tigre, Nana Tigre, Nana Tigre insa, Nana Kumi insa, Kweku Free insa, Akonade Abena insa, Asu Bonten insa, Bonchewewa insa, Tamensa insa, Shango, 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 Insa. Ogun, Insa. Yimeya, Insa. Eshu, Elekba, Insa. Yimeya, Insa. Olorun, Olodumare, Insa, Insa. Insumanfo, Abasun, Insa. Insumanfo, Nananon, Insa. No, 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 and Samanfo, Abusu Fia, Insa. Abasun, Abusu Afa, Insa. I ask Odomakuman to use me and this form to impart clarity and cultural consistency to all within the sound of my voice. May I speak directly to your soon soon, your spirit, and reawaken the long, Dormant and asleep, African inside. Yeshremo Yansa, Yeshremo Ahoden, Yeshremo Enchera, Yeshremo Sikapa, Yeshremo Enquaso, Yeshremo Enquaso Abasuafal, Ye Enquaso. Medase Pa, Medase Bio, Mo Piafo, Mo Ne Casa, Medase Nanano. Yo, Again, I say greetings and welcome to everyone. You have reached Africa's reascension. This is your host, Kamal McCasey Tahuti. Uh, 
briefly and quickly. We won't go into news snippets today. All I will say is on the first show, I mentioned that um, Rooming in the Master's House by Malefia Sante and Ronald Hall was due out. Well, it's out now. Um, like I said, a paperback, about 200 pages, 2195. Um, I'm just getting into the intro in Chapter 1, so definitely when I'm done, we will have um, discussions on it. So far, it's very good walking through um, the slave psychology, how it, um, how that experience transformed us from the mighty Africans that we were and are to the um, slaves and the groveling African-Americans or black Americans that we presently are now with no knowledge of who we were and are. So once, once I finish that up, I'll definitely... Um, have a show on it or have some time on it, and we'll walk through it. Um, it seems like a real good book. So what we want to do now, get the energy going and flowing. I'm going to play a quick commercial, and then I'm going to play a nice clip from Bad Brother, Bad, Bad Brother, Muda Baruka. Um, if you want to dig it up, it's called The People's Court. Um, volume 2 or, or chapter 2 and he puts Christianity on trial so folks should enjoy that um, and then after that we'll get back into the topic exposing the fallacy the fallacy of the African origins of Christianity part 2 and break it down, and we're coming with the sword. We're coming with, we're coming with Kofi energy. We're coming with Shango Ogun energy. We're coming with Heruku Hudi energy. If you're in the chat, you're in the call room, you can't deal with it, you might want to bounce because once it gets going, no stopping. Peace and divine love, family. Do you want to critically analyze African culture from an intellectual, honest, and practical perspective? Are you tired of all the distractions, self-righteousness, yelling and arguing with no plan or solution? Do you want to build on the facts and deal with the subject or issue at hand? Well, come and listen to our nation's ambassador, Asar, make knowledge born every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. That's every 9th and 19th of each month at 9 p.m. On the show everyone is talking about African Holistic Healing at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ambassador Asar, spelled A U S A R. Or call in live to build or ask questions at 347 850 8653. That's 347 850 8653. Peace.
Your Honor, there's a certain denomination that has been given legal status here. That said denomination has been preaching for years that black people cannot enter heaven. Yet their recruiters travel around on bicycles, two bicycles, trying to win souls. I have heard of this. I hear that they call themselves Church of the Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ are Mormons. The word is Mormons, Your Honor. You have to understand that things change. Hush up. Understand. Black people have been under the stand for centuries. These morons or mormons, as you call them, should never be allowed into a country that is predominantly black to preach about God. You have been collaborating with the politicians to trick black people. You have branded voodoo and Obi and all African oriented traditions as paganism. Yet you have the people going to church, trying to drink the blood of Jesus and eat his flesh. And I did hear you teaching them to pray and I quote, lead us not into temptation. It is you they should be asking to lead them not into temptation. When since the Lord lead people into temptation that you should be asking them not to do it. That was a slight misinterpretation. Remember the baker. Remember the one who was swagging hard. Remember the one who was using his mouth to horribly rob her. All of these were collecting souls under false pretense. Mr. Religious Belief and Mr. Denomination, I hereby sentence you both to 1,000 years for swindling poor people by way of radio and TV. I also give you 1,000 years for each year that black people have been suffering Ooh, allow me to move the roof here. All right. Um, last session. This is the exposing the fallacy of African origins of Christianity. Um, anybody in the chat room? Call the number seven six zero four five four one 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 seven six zero four five four one 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 one. Um, callers, if you have a question or a comment, just hit one on your keypad. I'll see a little hand on my switchboard, and I'll bring you in live. Last session was part one, and we sort of laid out the argumentation, if you will, and we'll finish that up tonight, and then we'll bring in part two, which will lay out some more of the documentation, some of the specifics of what we were doing and how it got bastardized into this present Mormon system um, called Christianity. So as way of a recap from exposing the origins of, exposing the African origins, excuse me, exposing the fallacy of the African origins of Christianity part one, um, some of the main points that if you heard nothing else that you should hear, image theft, concept theft does not translate into meaning theft. There are no African origins of Christianity in its deepest sense. Yes, Caucasoids stole our images. Yes, Caucasoids stole our concepts. However, our meanings, how we practice them, did not come along with them. Everything, everything that Caucasoids touch, they taint with their worldview, with their asili with their thoughts, with their reality. So even though they stole our concepts and our images, our meanings did not transfer over with them. So therefore, we cannot say Christianity is ours because they stole it from us. They did not steal it from us. They stole images, concepts, remade them, reshaped them, 
and then repackage them and put them back out into the populace. So for us to tap into our real spiritual power, we got to come the hell back home. We have to do the research. We have to go to our spiritual systems. We have to go to, if you're in areas that are blessed enough to have them there, you have to start going to them. You have to start experiencing African rituals, African energy, the African deities. There's no way around it. Creating excuses and lies and bullshit around Christianity to make it black, to make it ours because you're comfortable in that bullshit no longer works, will no longer work. And one of the reasons why I'm putting this out there is to give folks ammo to shoot you down, giving you the tangible ammo, intellectual ammo to shoot you down. A lot of folks have been doing the rhetoric, but I'm going to bring in some research of some people who we know and people who we don't know uh, who have exposed the lies, who have exposed it, and we may not know about them, or if we heard them say it, we may have passed over what they said to get to, to some other more safer things. No, that time is done. Christianity within the black heart, your time is done. I apologize for this. I don't know if y'all can hear this. Okay, let me go on. So, as recap again, the Greeks nor the Romans knew or understood comedic knowledge yet passed on their fragmented, non-understood aspects of that knowledge on. As we shared last week, the Greeks did not have full wisdom of our African systems. No one graduated from our schools. Our schools were 40 years long. Thales, at probably from George G.M. James' research, was the, the longest... Um, Caucasoid in our schools at 25 years. So no Greek finished our schooling. And, as Gerald Massey showed, they did not understand the Medinetia either. So all the stuff that the Greeks, Aristotle, Plato, Socrates, all the stuff that they knew at best, at best coming from our schools of wisdom was fragmented and not understood by them. We then shared that the Romans, to stave off rising political dissent, copied religious concepts, ideas, and images that they themselves did not understand and passed on those lies, those misunderstood concepts. Then the quote-unquote classical scholars got a hold of these non-understood, fragmented, misconstrued concepts and passed it off as deep wisdom and passed it off as African origins of Christianity. And then you get black folks who read that stuff, latch onto it, have no understanding, no information, no idea really about what we did, and then pass on the incorrect knowledge to sell DVDs and boost up their YouTube hits. All of this fragmented, partial, misconstrued information was foundational in the construction of what we now call Christianity. These, this is the real origins of Christianity. Misunderstood concepts from the Greeks who didn't graduate from our schools and couldn't speak the Medinature and couldn't translate the Medinature in a deeper sense. Misinformation, um, 
fragmented information from the Greeks, that was the foundation of Christianity. There are no African origins of Christianity in its deepest sense. So if you hear nothing, if you heard nothing else from last week, that's the recap of what we went over. So now we'll get into. Yeah, we're doing good for time. Good, good. Um, play another quick commercial. Play some music, and then finish up the argumentation and jump right into the documentation. There are no African origins of Christianity in the deepest sense. Welcome to the desert of the real. Peace, family. This is your brother, Hollip, a.k.a. Mr. Holipsis, a.k.a. the Buzz Killer. Tune in to Holipsism's Haven every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we discuss the social, economic, and political issues of the day with a common-sense approach, an African-centered perspective, and a universal sensibility. Call in number 347-843-4874. That's 347-843-4874. To check out related YouTube videos, blogs, and show archives, visit www.holipsism.com. That's www.holipsism.com. I'm making it hard to get your Negro on. Hotep, Black Power. There's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there, like a splinter in your mind, driving you mad. Happy. <laughs> 
you hear this and try to change this, cause it's disastrous. Who gets the most loot? Who gets what? Dollar bill, y'all, is the guard we trust. The days blow by like dust. Even men of steel rust. We're out here acting ridiculous when only we can save us. Mentally enslave us for little or nothing. Kill our neighbors. Animalistic, cannibalistic behavior. Look to the sky for your savior. He won't save you. He didn't save your forefathers. Why bothers, brothers? You must discover the power of self. Know thyself, find thyself, hate him thyself. Just that just sit back and murder for. Ain't the devil happy? <laughs> We definitely make the devil happy when we stick with Christianity. So, coming from The Supreme God as Stranger in Igbo Religious Thought by Professor Nwoga, he shares two interesting quotes that definitely tie into what we're dealing with. Different functions are likely to create different systems through which they are served. Any similarities in the particulars of the system will be accidental. Therefore, any attempt to explain the elements of one functional structure through the structure of another functional intention is likely to distort the real meaning of those elements in their own structure. That really ties into looking at Christianity and trying to wed that system, that thought structure, onto the African system. And most folks do that with no knowledge of the African system and the African worldview. Because with that knowledge of that, you really can't do that. And if you, then tr- if you have that knowledge and try it, then you're really being disingenuous, and you're probably just trying to pad your pockets and pad the membership. They are... What do we say last week? They are incompatible with, the two systems are incompatible with each other and irreconcilable with each other. Professor Nwoga even gets more direct with this quote. The use of Western theological categories can only distort any descriptions of traditional African religion which have different intentionalities different goals, and therefore expectedly different structures and categories. How we venerated the spirits, how we venerated our our deities, how we conceptualized our deities are totally antipodal, 180 degrees apart from this Christian chimera that we've been thrown into coming from, again, African world analysis, my piece on um, creating the road to complete African ideational sovereignty. What I did is I sort of tried to label the phases that we're going through to get to this complete African ideational sovereignty. Phase one was complete Caucasoid ideational sovereignty or ideational hegemony. That phase is where we uncritically accepted everything that they said, um, and I'll specify it to the religion piece. We just took it. So they gave us the Bible and the white Jesus and all that. We took it uncritically. 
phase two, I label that wrapping Caucasoid ideas in loose African-like clothing. And phase three, of course, is complete African ideation of sovereignty. Now, what I would like to add to this is some words from um, ancestor Mze Jedi Shimsu Jehudi, um, also known as Baba, Baba Carruthers, and what he had to say about this. So within phase one, he, he shared that Caucasoids asserted that African deep thought, as he called it, did not exist, could not possibly exist, or rather it must not exist. What they did was to suppress the truth of its existence and simply asserted that it didn't exist. They placed African culture itself into captivity. That would be a good summarization of phase one, complete Caucasoid ideational hegemony. Now, phase two is where spiritually we're locked in now. And this is what he had to say about this. This is very, very deep. And, and, and I, 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 I need you all to hear this. The champions who dashed to the rescue of the suppressed truth of Africa's reality developed an argument that freed the prisoner from oblivion, but assigned her to another type of bondage that was potentially more deforming than the suppression. They tied the abused sister to the thought of the oppressor. That's where we're locked in now. You hear brilliant, brilliant people talking about these African origins of but instead of moving, doing their analysis, and then saying, based on our system and based on all the information I just shared, let's move beyond Christianity and get back into what we were doing, they latch it on to the, 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 the chimerical, phantasmagorical system of Christianity. They latch it on to that. They have tied our wisdom to the thought of the oppressor. So to get to phase three, as I label it, complete African ideational sovereignty, again, to share the words of Baba Jedi Jehuti. Now, and I quote, now we must rescue the victim from European philosophy and science. African deep thought must now speak for itself. African champions must break the chains that link African ideas to European ideas and listen to the voice of the ancestors without European interpreters. We even can add in Baba Shango Dare, Baba Wade Nobles, and what he has to say in this, in this area of getting to phase three, complete African ideational sovereignty. The most important reality to define is the meaning of one's human beingness. That's nobody's conversation but ours. We can't even allow them, Caucasoids, to enter into the possibility of engaging in conjecture. They can't even wonder about what it means to be African unless you're African. That's no one's business but our own. He also adds, we can't have mental liberation if we don't engage in the reconceptualization and reconstruction of African reality independent of white conceptualizations, independent 
of white conceptualization. So trying to reconceptualize Christianity to fit within African reality hasn't worked for the last 100 years, for the last 40, 50 years, and will not work. Now, to really, again, look more at phase two, and I'm still reading from African World Analysis, part 28. We have the self-proclaimed conscious and non-conscious African black people who are fixed to phase two, and they have wrong interpretations dealing with African origins of and black presence in. We confuse black personages with African Utamawazo, or African culturally structured thought. That comes from Mama Marimbani in her book, Urugu. We confuse an African person with always having an African mind, as laid out by the precepts of our traditional African way. As Chuck D. once said, every brother ain't a brother. We must examine the culture the black-skinned individual is operating from to properly assess if they're coming from our African way or if they're actually a converted black-skinned person or a Negro or an African body but a mind which is not their own. Now I need to quote from Baba Zebo. He did an excellent piece called Kindred Spirits in the Journal of Black Psychology. Um, let me get the actual reference for folks. Yeah, here we go. Kindred Spirit, no, excuse me, Kindred Fields of Black Liberation Theology and Liberation Psychology. It was done in the Journal of Black Psychology 1994. This is what he had to share, which is very pertinent to what we're talking about. Perhaps the most gross error of conceptualization the African reader can make would be to confuse the fact of African historicity pertaining to personalities and concepts in contemporary Western religions with the idea that this fact alone constitutes an African foundation in or for these Western religions. Thus, the myriad of facts of African historicity in Western religions do, do not substantiate the notion that these religions are ipso facto African-based in conceptualization and foundation. Again, that's just a different way of saying what I said. Just because you may have some black people in the construction and foundation of a foreign religious system does not immediately translate into that's our system. Augustine, Tertullian, Cyprian, they were foundational in the construction of this Christianity piece, but they had long been converted and had thrown away what they had learned and what they knew about the African traditional way to be considered a traditional voice within Christianity. They had long threw it away. So for them to be Africans in the, in the foundation of that system is inconsequential. The closest analogy I can think of, Barack Obama happens to have black skin, and he's running the country right now, but that does not mean, and we have actual proof to show, he's not coming from an African worldview base, an African-based conceptualization, nothing. He is coming from his Harvard training, which is the elite Caucasoid training. And he, so basically, it's black skin 
within a European system. So I hope that analogy transfers. Just because you got a black person that that was in something doesn't mean it's black in thought. Good. We're still doing good with time. Play two quick clips. One y'all heard last week, one I just came across. KRS-One has dropped a new album called Meta Historical. Um, it's pretty good as far as beats and lyrics. You know, there's a few things there conceptually you can argue with. But this one particular piece is phenomenally on point. Then um, I play the spiritual prison piece from Kwesi Ra, the hymn that some of y'all may have heard last week. And then we're going to get into how we did certain things and how it's been bastardized to what we now call Christianity. A lot of people think when they read the Bible that the same revelation that, that's written in the Bible is going to be their, their judgment in life. That Jesus is going to come and judge the world and you're going to get hemmed up with that. You better be good. A God of justice is not going to judge the slaves the way they judge the slaves after. You started out with nothing. Everything taken from you. You're a prison of war. You can go to God and say, God, I never even got a chance to know myself. How can I know you? God even knows that already. So the judgment is not on us. But what we do, we forgot about us. We forgot about our God. And what we do is we read the Bible and we say, wow, we're we going to suffer the same fate as the Jews. No, you're not Jewish. If you ever want to escape Armageddon, read a different book. why our ritual practices have been denigrated is not because they're not functional. It's not because they're not necessary. It's because Europeans understood, the whites and their offspring understood, that if we continue to practice our culture, that's when we always overthrew them anytime they invaded our country. For thousands of years, they have been invading the country. It took them thousands of years to figure out going back to 6,000 years ago. It took them thousands of years to figure out that they couldn't just invade one of our countries and remain as occupiers perpetually. We would always expel them eventually. So what they finally realized and began a process of implementing in a big way during the Greek invasion was to begin to corrupt the religious practices and to outlaw religious practices. And once they outlawed as many things as they could and murdered as many people as they could and began to corrupt what was left, the ritual practices were denigrated, and we still continue to denigrate those practices today to understand is that the reason why our ritual practices have been denigrated is not because they're not functional. It's not because they're not necessary. It's because Europeans understood the whites and their offspring understood that if we continue to practice our culture, that's when we always overthrew them anytime they invaded our country. For thousands of years, they have been invading the country. It took them thousands of years to figure out, going back to 6,000 years ago, it took them thousands of years to figure out that they couldn't just 
invade one of our countries and remain as occupiers perpetually. We would always expel them eventually. So what they finally realized and began a process of implementing in a big way during the Greek invasion was to begin to corrupt the religious practices and to outlaw religious practices. And once they outlawed as many things as they could and murdered as many people as they could and began to corrupt what was left, the ritual practices were denigrated, and we still continue to denigrate those practices today out of ignorance. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Out of ignorance. So <clears throat> the call-in number for folks in the chat room who are listening who want to become a part of this, 760-454-1111. In 17 minutes, the live portion on the computer will drop out, and all those who had called in can continue the discussion. 760-454-1111. Um, to quote from the Sankofa Movement, text by Baba Ajay Mamakuya Koto, the obvious source and inspiration for Judaism, Christianity, and Islam is traditional Africa, and the Nile Valley to be specific. As such, they are incomplete derivations. We must assume that in the course of 4,000, 2,000, and 1,300 years respectively, that the spirit and continuum of Africa that undergird these alien-dominated, quote-unquote, religious formations have been thoroughly subordinated. The spirit of these same formations is now alien and hostile and hostile to the African parent. We understand coming from the comedic system, when we look at this concept of the Trinity, one of the first trinities that they understood was the sun, S-U-N. It was seen as the creator, sustainer, and destroyer of life. You also have the trinity of the divine principles of Asar, Aset, and Heru. And we know that they have been bastardized and reduced to Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Female energy totally extracted out of that. Secondly, thousands upon thousands of years knowing how to interact with spirit forces. We can train people to become experienced with joining with spiritual forces. We can tell when a force is joined with a person. We know how to interact with those spirit forces. We know how to clean spaces to disallow the quote-unquote bad spirit forces. That has been bastardized into chance, sporadic, an extremely chaotic human spirit interaction. The preachers, priests, deacons, bishops, whatever, have no training in how to communicate with these spirit forces and just usually lump them all as bad and the human carrying the spirit force is given over to exorcism, especially within that crap called Catholicism. Male, next. Male, female, cosmological parody. Ma'at being coupled with Tahuti virtuous action being coupled with virtuous thought. Mawulisa of the fine people, that's one aspect of their creative, creative 
expression. That's their quote-unquote supreme being, Mawu Lisa. Mawu is the feminine aspect of the creative aspect of their universe. And Lisa is the male aspect of their creative spirit. You have the, the spirit of Nokombolwane being seen as the only begotten daughter of the creative forces within Zulu thought. The proliferation of goddess energy as creatress and not just a consort or a prostitute of the, crea of the male creative energy as wrongly espoused by the sexist Caucasoid researchers and scholarships throughout classical and traditional Africa. When they do, when they do stumble upon um, feminine energy when they're looking at our systems, they usually reduce her to a consort, to a prostitute, to something secondary to this male energy. But again, the Caucasoid researchers are coming from their specific patriarchal system, so they can't understand that African people didn't come from that same exact bullshit that they're coming through. We did not equate them as consorts and prostitutes. They were equal in the creation of the universe to establish balance within the universe. This is what we have to understand. That has been bastardized into God, a man, the father, alone and by himself with no feminine energy as creative power throughout the Caucasoid religious universe. Last week we shared, and I'll share again, the blood of Osset versus this blood of Jesus coming from our understanding quoting from Gerald Massey, Ancient Egypt, Light of the World, according to the Egyptian wisdom, the salvation of the human race was effected by the blood of Osset. He says Isis, I'm correcting him with the proper term. Salvation was perpetuation. Osset was the virgin mother, and hers also was the mother blood. The blood of the mother, who was primarily the virgin, being the earliest source of human life known as paramount. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me restate that. The blood of the mother, who, who was primarily the virgin, being the earliest recognized source of human life. I was reading here, jumping across this one. So you see, the comedic wisdom dealt with the blood of our set, and that became bastardized into the blood of a fictional Jesus character. Next, we have harmony with nature, know how to communicate with nature to get permission to do certain things or to not do certain things involving nature. That has been bastardized to having dominion over nature, having the idea that anything can be done to nature with impunity to further any hedonistic human sensation. This one is deep. I hope you all get this. The next concept. We Africans are born in divinity, being born divine from loving creative forces. That comes from the comedic concept. That comes from um, what I've read from the Zulu concept of reality. We are born divine. We are born in divinity. That has been bastardized into being born in sin to a vengeful and jealous God. Now, a subset of that, peep this. 
everyone being born in divinity and has an aspect of those creative forces in them. And the duty of the larger society being to bring out that innate divinity, nurturing and respecting that divinity versus, well, no, not versus. That has been bastardized into only Jesus, only the fictional Jesus being divine. And he had to leave the spirit world, manifest in the flesh, and physically die for the sins and wrongdoings of humanity. So I hope we're seeing, I hope I'm laying out clear enough how what we did has been bastardized to what we now call Christianity. Let's continue. I am going to share some information from Alashe Michael Oshoshi and his work, African Spirituality versus the African American. I'll start with ours. What he does is he lists 60 pages. Yes, you heard that right, 60, 60 pages going through the Afri-spiritualist worldview, precepts and percepts, and then juxtaposing those against the Eurocentric worldview, precepts and percepts. And so I'll start with ours and then show how it's been switched around and bastardized to the European stuff. The divinosphere, or the spirit realm, existed first, followed by the biosphere, or earth. Both were then primordially inhabited by immortals, and later, especially on the biosphere, by people. The principles of order and ethics were the original parts of the fabric of the universe. They did not wait for, quote-unquote, man to invent them. They constitute an already existing deity. Some of us know that energy as ma'at. Europeans bastardized that into the void of the demiurge existed, followed by the biosphere, and was then rather lately inhabited by humans. The non-religious Westerners even believed that life began with the biosphere itself. Continuing from the African understanding, things do not happen by accident. Primary cause is an unseen agent. Secondary, visible cause is merely an instrumentality. Versus European thought, some things happen by accident. The individual is accountable only for what he knows or what he or he is the actual and approximate cause. Continuing, the African understanding, dreams are also real experiences on a different but closely related plane, versus Europeans see it as dreams are delusions or hallucinations. Continuing, the baby, our perspective. The baby is born with discernible ancestral spirits and a complex destiny that can be discovered, even predicted by diviners and shared with the family and the clan at birth. 
the complex destiny includes resources likely to be available to him or her on Earth and other unchangeable factors and his or her intelligence and destiny. All those things are resources that can be divined and that can be shared with the family and the clan of that newborn. Coming from the European perspective, the baby is a tabula rasa, born alone, with a soul, into sin, without a specific destiny or intelligence. It is named arbitrarily, not based on the baby's innate or divinely understood character. Coming from the next one, coming from the African perspective, accountability is a regular social practice to be happily engaged in. Individuation means less social control of what and how you do something, but more of an explanation of why you did something. Cooperation and harmony are highly valued. Europeans, individualists are offended by calls of accountability for their conduct and especially for their motives. More control of what you do, but less expectation of accountability for why you did it. Competition, power, non-accountability, and if necessary, duplicity are seen as virtues. From the African next, from the African perspective, death and birth are usually in one same family lineage. Hence the adage, behave with restraint while you are here this time because you will likely come this way again. Europeans see it as death is finality for the individual. Thus, a get-all-you-can-get-while-you're-here mentality prevails. I hope, I hope the family who's listening are getting this. From the African perspective, power is singular. Now, this one is deep, and I see we only got five minutes left. We'll have to readdress this one. Power is singular. There is no power which is in itself good or bad. Its value depends on its use and the ability of power wielders to recognize, coordinate, and balance its many manifestations. We'll have to come back to that one because I know most of us are, unfortunately, on the European side with this. There are inherently good or bad powers and discrete forces in the world. Continuing. Weapons, charms, this is from the African perspective. Weapons, charms, and medicines are seen as spiritually embodied instruments. The incivil psychological effects on hunters and warriors from the use of those weapons was ameliorated by the spiritual rituals of the smiths who forged the weapons. Conquest, subduction, and incorporation of strangers, foreign enemies, and slaves into the community, not their dehumanization, was practiced. Versus the European system, weapons are seen as lifeless instrumentalities, not connected to purposes, spirituality, health, procreation, or psychological security. Conquer, vanquish, rape, and humiliate is the Eurocentric ethos. Direct sexual activity, i.e. rape of the vanquished, 
was seen as dehumanizing antidote to the bloodlust of war or hunting. Ah, there are a few more. I'll just quickly add, there is, within the African system, we do not have a concept of the devil, of this all-encompassing evil entity that is operating outside of um, the, 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 the main creative spirit forces. Um, Jacob Olapuna added to the word called African Traditional Religions in Contemporary Society, and in there there's a nice article debunking folks who have been trying to say that Eshu, Elegba, that energy is the devil. And there's a major difference between an entity giving humanity hard tests to test their character, but hoping that you pass those tests, versus an all-evil, all-bad entity doing everything in its power to ensure your failure. Like I said, there is more. We got two minutes left. I feel I did get the large chunk of it out. Um, when a, I'm looking in the chat room, when a person gets the Holy Ghost and Spirit, what spirit is that? We don't know. They definitely don't know in church because they're not trained to deal with spirit energy. It could be a, a, a wayward ancestor who's tired of being ignored. It could be a um, deity, an Abbasun, a Loa, an Arisha, depending on the shrines within their system. But we don't know. And being within that system, you can't figure it out because the preachers, pastors, deacons, all of them have no training in dealing with the spirit forces. So they would need to come out of that church experience and then if that spirit joined with them, then we have folks who are trained within our system to figure out what, who and what that particular spirit energy is. Um, so on that note, the folks in the chat, got a minute left. If you want to continue with the overtime, if you will, 760-454-1111. If you're in the chat room, it's about to drop out in about another 45 seconds. So I will, so everyone will come on live and we can have a discussion and continue from there. Um, I want to say, Abibi Fahodie, Total African Liberation, thank you for all your support. Make sure to download the archives, pass it on to other people. Um, I tried to bring out a lot of good information um, with the sources so we can arm ourselves to damn this Christianity back to hell and tap into our African spiritual power, the ancestors are waiting for us. The way the system of European control works is that you have to accept a concept of reality which makes them superior. If you deny that, their thing will not work and they will lose their control. 
All right, everybody's in live. Or, well, the switchboard hasn't fully dropped yet, but I see there's three callers in the queue, so you will be brought on live. We can add on to the discussion. Um, I think again about another hour. All of this will be recorded in the archives, and I hope everyone downloads it, share this information with other folks. Uh, the pro-black, the 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 pro-black, the nationalist, the pan-Africanist community, the typical-minded folks, we're stuck in this African origins of. We're wondering why we're not moving any further, and hopefully, I put this information together in such a way that we can shut it down. And folks who are honest can then hopefully um, use their information and transform and move to the next level. If they're not honest, which probably most of them won't be, they'll try to create new excuses, new lies, new fabrications, to call it ours, all ours anyway. And as you see, I moved away from interpretation debate. I don't even deal with that um, because you're still locked into that paradigm you're just interpreting it differently for your purposes. I deal with authorship. We did not author this Bible. We did not author Christianity. We were the authors of our own systems, which were actually the longest and most enduring systems on the planet. And it's that that we need to get back to for spiritual clarity, spiritual healing, and spiritual sovereignty. So at some point, the switchboard will drop, <laughs> and the three callers will be brought in. I'm sure it's about to happen any time now. So if you're doing something in the background with a lot of noise, you might want to mute the phone. Um, but if not, you can definitely get in and contribute to this discussion yourself. Because um, there was more from associate. I, 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 I listed a whole bunch of stuff. What was that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points from his book. And then I was even going to read some stuff from um, Brother Obanga. He wrote a good book called African Philosophy, the Pharaonic Period, 2780 to 330 B.C., where he walks through um, the comedic philosophical system and, or the comedic spiritual system, and he not only delinks it from a lot of the bullshit of Christianity, but he more properly links it to inner traditional Africa. He links certain concepts with the Luba. He links certain concepts with the Dogon. If we want to make linkages, we need to be linking them to traditional Africa, inner Africa, and, and seeing that wider connection. And then you get to see how some of these thoughts have lasted and helped out these civilizations for thousands and thousands of years. We want to jump onto the Johnny-come-lately brand-new bullshit system because that's all we quote-unquote know right now. It's not working. It is not working. Let's see, can I bring folks in before the switchboard? Okay. Peace, everyone. The switchboard's about to drop, so everyone is brought in. Anyone like to speak, share something, your name, where you call it from? Uh, Abibi Fodier. Uh, this is Yao Kefra, the Evolutionary Call in Brooklyn, New York. 
War, what's up, Bobby? Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I caught the last end of um last piece of the show and uh what you were saying about authorship I think is a is a conversation or I should say a term that should that should be brought up more often, um, saying what we actually wrote and what we actually uh created as opposed to you know, the the spin offs, if you will. Like uh, <laughs> it's almost like uh you know, you got the the, the original T V show and then you go, Oh, it's a spin off and people forget, you know, that this actually was a spin off, like um the Cos like the different world was a spin off of the Cosby show, if you will. Right, um right. Give analogy. And uh just just making that clear and the and the uh the origins piece that you make a distinction about is something that again, I haven't heard too many people mention it, and actually you seem to be i mean besides the books you've referred to um again myself and most other people have been really you know going about with the the origins of you know Christianity and the, even islam and so forth and so on, and not saying, okay, um, this was stolen stuff, this was, you know, copyright infringement, if you will, and because of that, you know, there's some pieces that may be related and may be similar, but, you know, barring a lawsuit, you wouldn't necessarily, you know, say, oh, yeah, well, that's mine, because they took it, it's like, no, I did this, and they took it and made it something else. You know, like um, Sophia Stewart, who um, inked the the, the actual uh, story for The Matrix, and she saw what, uh, I forgot what those, those white boys' name were, whatever brothers they made, they, their name was, you know, her lawsuit was like, look, they took my concept and made it something else, but this is my original thing. Right. So um, that's what I want to say with that. Again, i got to reorient myself to what you're saying and, and rethink about, you know, my thoughts regarding African origins with religion, period, Christianity included. Right. No, no, I definitely appreciate those comments. And, yeah, it's it's, like I said last week, you can almost count the folks on one hand who are coming from this angle. Almost everybody I see on YouTube, <laughs> um, um, other folks doing lectures that, that talk about African origins, uh, they'll, they'll get into a little bit of the, the, the real history of Christianity, but they'll bring up the devil, some black folks who were instrumental in it, and, and they'll bring up a few other things, but they never really address the, the African origins of it. They never address how we did it, how it looked different from it, uh, they they don't go there, and 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 after a while, after you keep listening to them, you find out they don't know it, and so that's why they can't bring it up. But then they pass that off as African origins of, and it sounds good to the folks in the audience who mainly are the Christian audience anyway. And they end up, unfortunately, they end up leaving with it's all ours anyway. I can just paint everybody in the Bible black, and and I'm still good, and that's where I can get my spiritual power from. And it hasn't worked. 
See, let's 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 give the traditional systems a hundred years, a hundred and ten years, like Christianity has got, because we've only really been Christian since the 1900s, as far as with this fervor and with this um that this highest percentage. So let's flip the script and give our stuff 110 years in contemporary current times, and I, I would almost guarantee you you would see huge transformations in us collectively. Now, there's other folks here that are live. Would you all like to chime in and say something? State your name, where you call it from. Don't be shy. So, Vaughn Brothers, this is um, Imani out of uh, Arizona. Just wanted to uh, drop in and, 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 and give my greetings and uh, show my uh, appreciation for the words that you brought uh, for the show tonight, Brother Kamal. Um, one of the things... In terms of that whole authorship um, piece of an argument that you hear a lot of folks making in terms of that, that, that African authorship is, so many times I hear brothers and sisters going back to the, um, the Coptic church in, in uh, Ethiopia and referencing that as, as origins. And I think um, in your last show, I think it was that you um, – made mention of, you know, um, systems over there that even predated um, the, the Coptic church, that the Coptic church was kind of uh, Johnny-come-lately, but that's, that's most often the, the um, you know, the fallback that, that, that most folks go into. But I think that it's, uh, it's definitely because a lot of folks don't have the, the, the resources or um, haven't known where to go to to get the information to kind of refute the 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 whole madness of the the African origins of, of Christianity. So I definitely say siabonga, thank you for uh, you know kind of putting out there the, the the resources that that people can go and check out and and to to educate themselves and and get a, a broader perspective and and kind of leave the, the, the fallacy behind and embrace the, the truth of African spirituality. Yes, yes, Madasi for that, um, Sister Imani. Yeah, yeah, that, I think that was last show that I brought it up. And, and I, hey, I, I'll share it again. <laughs> we, we latch on to Kemet when it was destroyed and they started practicing Christianity we latch on to Abyssinia or Ethiopia after it was ran over. And Chancellor Williams lets us know that, that, they, that there was a, a, a war that went on and the folks, the traditional folks basically of Ethiopia who was running their land lost that war. And after the smoke cleared, um, a guy named King Azania rose to power around 400 A.D. and and proclaimed that time the kingdom of Aksum, and that was when Christianity started within Ethiopia. So you you, you find out that we we, we will latch on to 
you know, it's like it's good on one sense that we'll look back to Africa and we'll latch on to it, but we latch on to it in, in those two instances when they got beat up and run down, when, when, when folks were killed and when original ideas were, were jettisoned and threw away from. They still won't look back before what they was doing. And we know, you know, all the stuff of Kemet uh, that, that, that's been put out by a whole bunch of folks. Now, as far as what Abyssinia was doing at that time, I've come across a little bit of stuff, I think, in um, the UNESCO Volume 2 that, you know, like the 10-volume work they did on, on African culture and stuff like that. They just have a little bit of information as far as what was being done beforehand, but it was traditional. It had sun gods and, and I think a lion lion or lioness type of god, but it was definitely a lot of them. Um, they, they found incense burners in, in, in certain areas. So that, that, that to me, translates into a continuation of, of traditional stuff. Yeah. And then they lost the war, and then he makes it the, 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 the Christian, Christian nation, the Christian. That's when that Christianity in its early stages come. And so it's like we can go before that. We can go beyond that. And, and I, you're, I think you may be being nice that some folks don't have the resources. Some folks are comfortable, and they don't want those resources, so they don't dig it up. I, I definitely think that that, that comfort and, um, you know, that comfort piece, being comfortable where, where folks are, and, and so not looking beyond that is a factor. But I also think that two other big factors, and, and maybe if anybody else has any ideas, uh, there's a, a fear factor because they've been in this system so long and this system is, is based or, or predicated on, um, you know, uh, engendering fear of even looking beyond this, the, the Christian system. And so, so folks are afraid. They're afraid to even explore the, the possibility that, might, that the Christian system might not be all it's cracked up to be because, oh, no, if they do, they might go to hell. And uh, so yeah. that's one factor. Yeah. And then the factor, uh, the other factor is goes back to that whole authorship. When you've been reading books by one author for so long um, that sometimes folks don't even recognize that there are other authors out there, so they're not looking beyond the, the Caucasian or Umlumbi authorship of their entire, you know, spiritual existence to, to realize that there is something else out there. They've been so used to that, so, so, um, so unfortunately brainwashed to that, that that they don't even see a different reality. So, Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. But even to, to, to emphasize on your second point, authorship, you know, it can be the same African authors because what I realize and, and, and speaking to people in discussion or even debate, they will cite sources from authors who all use the same source. So it's like, <laughs> and, and see, Kamal's laughing because he finds it funny because he understands how almost stupid that is, but other people don't get it. It's like, you know, they all use the same source material. So obviously with just minor alteration, their conclusion is going to be the same. And 
I think, you know, with 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 our 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 African authorship, you know, because they may have been brown they may have been groundbreaking for when it came out or for when they brought the knowledge forth, some people almost feel disrespectful to 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 counter mm-hmm. um something say that, that Dr. Ben says, for example. You know, that that's someone that even he says certain things, and people are like, wow, wow. Other people are like, mm, it's questionable, but they don't want to say anything because they're Dr. Ben. So I think, like, what you said, your second point, Sister Mami, is important with the authorship, not just with the um, Yuruvu, but also with, with, with our folk and being clear understanding that we can appreciate what was given, whether it was J.A. Rogers, you know, way back, or it's, you know, a a contemporary author um, coming up today or or who's getting their Ph.D., who's doing writing now, we have to understand with scholarship, it's an evolutionary process. It's like, okay, this is all the information we had then, this is the source material we had at that point, and this is the, the frame of reference and the paradigm that we were looking or the scope we were looking from from at that time. And now due to a variance in whichever piece, the the your paradigm, your perspective changed, the source material was found to be faulty, new material came out, whatever yeah. the case was, having that courage and the uh, ability to respect what was done while praising um what's being brought forward. And that's yeah. a real challenge with our folks. Yeah. We have somebody who's labeled that. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was, I was just uh, going to agree. I think you definitely brought uh, Brother Yao. And it, it, it echoes back to that, that old saying, so when you know better, then you can do better. So when you're at a certain point and you, you don't know any better, then you do the best you can with what you have. And so... We get back on that, and that's not to knock it. I mean, they, the, the brothers and sisters did the best that they could with the information that they had. But like you're saying, now that we have the more information, you know, it's incumbent upon us to to now do more and, and to take that next step and move beyond. But yeah. Yeah. Professor Manu and Tim labeled that, that, that condition that, that y'all two have brought up um, and towards black community development. He calls it the 11th commandment, which is, Thou shalt not make any criticism of popular groups, individuals, tendencies, or ideas in the movement. Mm. The 11th commandment. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, I mean, and, and I'm glad. And, see, that's, that's what I like about the act. He, doesn't, he ain't got a problem with mentioning names when it needs to be mentioned. Um, I, I, I don't think... I, I'm disrespecting Dr. Ben, Dr. Barashango, Dr. Ashford Kwesi, um, um, uh, Ray Hagans. I don't think I'm disrespecting any of them. However, the information that they gave, especially the first three at the time they gave it, the, 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 the African worldview, trying to piece it together and make sense of it, hadn't been fully articulated yet. So it really wasn't a big part of the discussion. 
J.A. Rogers was just trying to, you know, go through the research and find all the black folks that he could, no matter where they were, you know, no matter how inconsequential, because we've been wiped out of history. So any black person he can come up with doing some digging, he wants to put it out there. That's cool. And you had other folks who, who did similar things, too, the African origins of major Western religions that I mentioned last week. I mean, he pulls, you know, the, the, the similarities and a few things of where they, you know, stole it and got it from us. But, again, at that time within the 60s and 70s, articulating the African view, there's 200, 300,000 years of wisdom um, within all of the, 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 the fundamental principles within all the societies, you know, those core static elements. Folks hadn't really went in with a, with a precision tool, if you will, and, and honed it out. And Will Blyden had sort of tried to do it, you know, with his African personality piece that he talked about. Um, um, you had the Negritude movement. They, 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 those three, and then I also find out there's some sisters involved in that, too, that don't get no play. They were sort of trying to do it, but there was, you know, a lot of backlash from it and whatever, whatnot. So after the 80s, this Afrocentric information revolution with, with, with um, Brother Asante and Baba Ajay and Mama Kuya and Kobe Cambone and, and Wade Nobles and Akbar of that time, not of this time, and Cedric X and some other folks, that, that's when you really start, yes, that's when you really start seeing folks articulating and going in with precision looking at and, and espousing what the African worldview is. So then once you get that information and you add it on to African origins of major Western religions, when you add that on to Christianity before Christ, you can follow them up to a certain point, but then you have to then expand a bit further from where they went because now you got new information. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, um, I, I believe, and you mentioned it earlier, it, it deals with um, being as, as African as possible while, you know, because basically all this is, is reconstruction for the most part here in this part of the world. And even even if you're born, you know, on the continent and you're raised, you know, within a village, you still have the onslaught of, you know, a white terror domination somewhere, somehow coming at you. So even if you're trying to be just who you are, which is the African in the context of, you know, you're controlling this and, you know, living the life, you still have that assault of, you know, white people wanting to do this or trying to have you do that or change this or alter that or and not not saying alter in the sense of just, you know, being more in touch with technology, but being that way in on their terms. So even you know, you have people on the continent who are born and raised in, in, in what we would call a a spiritual system, which is actually their life system. It, it, you know, I, I, years ago I wrote something called Religion versus Spirituality. It's one of the mm. the lost one of the lost works 
because I can't find it. I know I know a couple people who've had it, who have it, whether they would give it to me or not. But um, <laughs> and, and what I said in that is that religion only became, only began to exist when the ritual practices of um, of a people were exported and taken out of the context of the people themselves. So Ooh, other words, beautiful, beautiful, wow. yeah. Other words, if you say, oh, I'm practicing, you know, uh, uh, Yoruba, or if you don't say Ifa, you know, it's like to the Ifa people, that's just how we live. It's just what we do. There's no, you know, we may give it a name. It's, it's like, no, I, I pray, I pour libations. It's what we do. Is when you separate it from the actual people themselves and the actual context and environment that they live in, then it becomes religion. But besides that, every civilization and every group of people deifies their existence. That's what spirituality is. It's a deification, you know, your existence and and making that making that connection of the deification in your everyday life. I mean, mm. that's, that's what that's it is simply. It's when you export it and you say, okay, when I do this and when I do that 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 and you are not within that context of the community or the nation, then it becomes quote-unquote religion because it's removed from the holistic you know, interaction of, of you just being spiritual. That's just what you do. Right. Yeah. You got to link back to it. <laughs> right. That, that that that's definitely interesting, Bobby. Um, uh, what type of then what type of implications does that have for for those of us here in in this country who are? And I know this is you know going off the topic for today's session of of, of ascension. But what types of implications does that have for those of us here and now who? Um, for whom we are re- removed from that that everyday experience, and so we are embracing these spiritual systems and, and trying to reconnect with these spiritual systems. But um, I don't know. I don't know if it's if if I see that it's that fully integrated until it's you know who we are every day and how we live. What what types of of implications? What does that mean for us here? Uh, oh, it, it means like you know just this conversation of itself, and and being courageous enough, you know, like uh, Kamal is to to bring up the topic about you know, being African without apology, and mm. um and that. And actually, it, it, it again goes back to being holistic. And, um, you know, when you have people who are talking about liberation for our people but don't see spirituality as important, or you yeah. see people who are about spirituality but don't see our liberation as important, then again, mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of repeating the cycle all over again where we have this fragmented 
way of um, addressing our issues or, or our challenges, let's say, and, and that's become the major, major issue is that we're fragmenting. Um, I mean, put like this, we claim to be multifaceted except when it comes to our liberation. Then we have to be myopic. Oh, we got to just focus on this. I was like, I thought it was multidimensional. <laughs> Everywhere else, all over the world, anything we talk about, oh, we're multifaceted. Oh, we're multidimensional. Oh, we're multi this. Oh, we're multi that. As soon as you start saying, hey, look, you know, we got to make sure that, you know, while we're doing our spiritual work, that we focus on liberating our people. And, you know, while we're doing that, we got to focus on our money and we got to focus on our health. we got to focus on this, that, and all the other issues. All of a sudden now, all that talk about being multifaceted and multidimensional is lost. Nobody remembers that now. It's like, yeah, that's cool, but, you know, if you do this and you focus on this, and I'm like, I'm confused. Didn't we just go over talk about how multifaceted and how our brain works and blah, 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 blah. And I think that, and, and to answer you, I think that the implications of that is is what you said earlier about the comfort, um, Sister Mommy. It, it, it's real comfortable to be the big fish in the small pond. So when you're the most knowledgeable person and your, you know, particular group about whatever it is and, you know, you got all the, oh, that's so-and-so and they're doing this and they're doing that. And you and you start, you know, living off that and that feeds you, you no longer want to starve if that's what feeds you. So now I can say, okay, I now need to be a, a neophyte in something else and leave that position of, authority or power, that's a little difficult for a lot of people to do. I mean, some people would say it's humility. Some people would say it's graciousness. But, again, when they're fed off of being that that person, oh, she's, oh, she's all right because she this and blah, blah, blah. You know, even and sisters have a, a funny thing about that in particular where they can tell you every dance that's being done, every drum rhythm, but we asked about the spirituality. Oh well, you know, I'm like, huh? <laughs> I like sense, you you know, you dance well, you seem to have a good understanding of what what goes on and you know, so and again the brothers are the same way where they can tell you who wrote this and who did this and who did that and when you talk about, you know, spirituality or, or connecting with the ancestors or the deities, then they get kind of, you know, what's the word? Uh, don't want to say dismissive. Yeah. They get real dismissive with it. Like, oh, man, we can't focus on that. What's that going to do? And blah, blah, blah. So the implications is are, you know, not being fragmented and trying to be holistic and a real real sense so that, you know, our children don't have to start all over again and, and, and figure out what to do. I would, if, if I could chime in on that, because that's a great question, actually. 
and, and it fits in Africa's reascension because we, in, in getting back to who we are to reattain that glory, that's going to be a question that we're going to have to address at some point directly. So, yeah, it might not have been this actual discussion, but it definitely fits in with the larger vision of the show. Um, I, I'm, I'd have to say it's going to be incomplete. The implications of it, of, of us being over here, but trying to reaffirmize, it's going to be incomplete to start. Um, it's going to be incomplete, especially without us having some fehankras or liberated zones. Um, us really, really connecting is still sort of young, in the sense of you know the 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 Akan, <laughs> the Akan system, the 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 the, the system without. Sanseria, without Kondomble, without all that other stuff, the Vodun system. It, it's been over here about since the 40s, if you, 40s, 50s, if you will. So it's um, it's we're, we're still sort of young in it. So I would think we could probably only attain maybe up to 70% of our Africanity, us, those of us, what we're doing right now. Um, so then that 70% hopefully will pass on to our children and then hope that they can move it up to about 80 85%, you know, being clear in their Africanity. Um, but, yeah, to be honest, I don't think that we could get to 100%, especially in the foreign land. We would have to basically and really, really be like the Amish, <laughs> if you will, to to even get up to probably ninety ninety three percent, so so we'll probably have to get out of here and you know go back to Bahia Brazil where where stuff is real strong over there, or go to Benin or go to Larte or Eleife or Aquapim or some traditional area to get all the way back us ourselves, and still we got so much European garbage, excuse me, in us right now like Maladoma and Water of the Spirit, we might not be able to get to 100% us, you know, you and me and and and, and, and the other folks. Um, but we shouldn't let that deter us, definitely. We get it up as much as we can to the highest point as we can, have some children, pass on what we got to them, and then, you know, if we did it right and if the ancestors and deities, um, we did it right in their eyes, they'll take it to the next level for the children. Yeah, the bitter pill is we won't get all the way back on foreign soil outside of, you know, an authentic African Fihankra, Fihankra-style community, if you will, liberated zone. Yeah, unfortunately, I think Sister Amani dropped out. I still have my switchboard, ironically enough. It should have dropped out a long time ago, so that's interesting. Uh, but around... Any other comments on that, Baba Yeah? And there's one other person on. They they real silent. You want to chime in? You could. Okay, I guess not. Baba Yeah, any other thing you want to add to that? Because you dropped it, um, mate. <laughs> no, nah, I was just um, you know, again, like I said, I caught the the last piece, and I'll, I'll catch it back on the archives. Of what you were saying, and I think you know it, it's important, you know, bringing up 
the um, the uh, debunking of the the origins, if you will, because um, well, let me say, as long as we are focusing on reafricanization as well as dewhitenization, and it, it, it seems like a lot of times most people choose one or the other, even with the best intentions. Even with the best intentions, you know, again, it goes to that, you know, being multidimensional only by convenience and being multifaceted when it's convenient because, you know, people are, you know, the big fish in dewhitenization, so that's where they're at, you know, or they're the big fish in reactivization. And a lot of times they don't want to address the fact that their reafricanization is kind of lax. They need to step their game up. They need to, you know, hit some books or hit the track or whatever they need to do physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, if you will, to get that up. And the other side of that is, you know, with dewhitenization, where some people are so reafricanized to the point that they feel that there's no need to de-whitenize because they're so, it's almost like de-whitenization is detoxing and re is providing a proper nutrition. Mm, okay. Some people will re-Africanize and just give the nutrition and not think about detoxing the garbage that was there and just say, I'm, I'm feeding, I'm feeding, I'm feeding. And the other people be like, oh, I'm detoxing, I'm detoxing. I'm so clean, I'm so clean, I'm so clean that they feel they're so clean, quote, unquote, from, or they're so busy detoxing, whitenization, that they're not putting the proper nutrition of reafricanization in. So they're, they're so focused on, you know, anti this and detoxing that and throwing this out, throwing the white this out, throwing that out. So, you know, it has to be the balance of, you know, nutrition with detoxification, if you will, so that, you know, we can basically move forward. I, I like that analogy. You know, so, again, and with Christianity, that's such a strong hold, you know, on our people. I mean, I was, like most people here born in America, I was brought up a Christian, and, you know, there were things that, you know, I grew up with and I used to to further me and to get me to a point, you know. But basically, to me, the, the you know, the golden rule, the one that was wanted to do unto you, and that's about it. If, if you just focused on the variance of the golden rule, you don't need nothing else. In regards to <laughs> I don't treat people like you treat them, you know, and if the, the the variation of that would be, you know, because some people would be a martyr, oh, I don't care. Well, treat people how you want your mother, your father, your sister, or any other your loved ones to be treated. Mm-hmm. Because if you are treating someone the way that you wouldn't want to be done to someone you love, and you're probably doing the wrong thing. 
me wrong. I don't mean, oh, misguided. No, wrong. Because if you wouldn't, if it would bother you to see someone you love treated the way you're treating someone, then it's probably wrong. Or at least consider it's wrong first and then try to figure out how it can be right. (laughs) (laughs) And Chris earlier with the devil concept, you know, in in Christianity, you know, and, and that was a a good, I never looked at it that way, you know, again, someone that's there just to sabotage your existence, indifferent from what else is going on. It's like, well, this is too, it's actually polarity, you know, and not even polarity, it's, um, what's the word? Oh, I can't think of it. It's not polarity, but as you said, it it's almost seen as separate, you know, because you have heaven and you have hell, and it's not like quote unquote God controls them both. Mhm, You know, so it's almost like a parallel universe. <laughs> right. Satan yeah. can do his own thing. <laughs> The, their their version of Satan, their their that concept of Satan was in Christianity. Yeah, yeah, that concept is like a parallel. Thing. Okay, well, you know, and, and it's kind of like counterintuitive a lot of it because you say, okay, God is Almighty. Say you buy in the whole thing all together. God is Almighty. This and that. However, you know, the devil has his own thing. That guy has nothing to do with. Mm. Hmm? Right. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> or, because I, I, I asked this question. I was like, so, is the devil stronger than God? No, 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 no. But, <laughs> you know, oh, no, no, but it's your free will that, you know, the devil works on. I said, so, the devil helps me countermand what God does? Mm. What, to me, you know, Again, when you start asking questions about things, about what is being said to you, which is why I do a lot to everyone that speaks to me, and most people don't like it because they really didn't give too much thought to what they said. They just expect you to accept it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you, probably, you probably need to talk to someone else then because um, <laughs> I'm not that person. Even, if, even regardless of how much, you know, I may love or care about someone, I'm just not that person. And just, you know, just when, pray on it, both. Yeah, just pray on it, right? <laughs> and, and that piece about the the sabotage when you said that, I was like, wow, that's true. You know, it's like their only job is to sabotage you. Mm-hmm. And that whole evil thing, you know, and I and I try to explain to people like, oh well. There's some people that are just evil and this and that. And I go, there's certain people who have some stuff with them, you know, and have some evil intent, but a whole kingdom based on evil, because that's what hell is, basically, or the devil and Satan in the Christian context, a whole, you know, system based on evil as opposed to some variants of evil that happen to exist and come in. Right. 
even if, even if you want to accept the evil concept, you know, it's one thing to say there's some variants or some anomalies or some mutations that represent what evil is. It's a whole other thing to say there's a whole structure <laughs> that's attacking you like a virus, you know, and, right. and it's, it's looking to come after you and to, you know, thwart all the, the goodness that, quote, unquote, God wants for you. And that's a whole different thing. And Again, when you mentioned tonight, I really had to uh, continue to rethink my orientation in regards to that. Even though I'm not a practicing Christian, you know, there's still things that, again, I didn't think about until you mentioned it. It, it, it gets deep into our psyche. <laughs> and, and, and when they say you got to question everything, you got to question everything. <laughs> As they say in the street, everything. Yeah, I But I see for that. I just dug up something that I forgot to read. I guess I got into a, a, a groove and didn't even look at it, and I'll assume we just got 15 more minutes left even in this in this overtime session. Um, so if you'll indulge me for a minute, you, you, you got to run? No, go ahead, bro. All right. Um want to get this into the archive because cause it's <laughs> – all right, let me just shut up and read it. Um it's past time for Christianity for black folks to go the way of the dodo bird. It's time for us to grow the hell up, accept the facts as laid out on this show, go do your own research from the works listed, and return home spiritually. Your ancestors are eagerly awaiting your return. They cannot fully help you when you are smothered in the lie called Christianity. That it, smothered in the lie called Christianity that explains away their continued existence, explains away your obligation to acknowledge them, call upon them, and ask for their continued strength and guidance. Who told us that the Bible was the word of God? Who told us that Christianity was the way of God? Do we really ask ourselves these questions? So far, the overwhelming answer is no. And now remember, I'm speaking to the so-called self-professed black, pro-black nationalists and pan-Africanists here. They're too, they are too damn busy making excuses. Oh, well, Kamal, they just misinterpreted it for their benefit, but Christianity was ours from the beginning. First of all, that argument is wrong, <laughs> because if you really look at what we were doing before Christianity existed as an idea on the planet, let me repeat that. If we really look at what we were doing before Christianity existed as an idea on the planet, we had entirely different ways of relating to the creative forces of the universe. Secondly, do you really think that apologetic explanation explains away the effects that still linger in us today over its use or, as some would say, its misuse? The Bible is not the word of God, period. The Bible is the word of Caucasoids who gave it to us to pacify us and transform our spiritual and cultural reality. That shit has worked better than even they 
expected. Some brilliant minds in our camp still feel it's something worthy to be listened to and will damn me for questioning it. Well, I damn you with the strength of 200,000 years of our African ancestors behind me who are more than ready to get their families back into the fold. First, to avenge their wrongful deaths, rapes, and tortures, but who are also more than ready to assist us in the rebuilding of our African nation, cleansed of all the lies of Christianity, the Bible, and the fictional Jesus character. We have to step out of this Christian paradigm to affect real change in our conditions today, period. We must reject the lie called Jesus and reawaken ourselves to Nana Tigre, Nana Sergebi, the Loas of Odun, the Orishas of Ifa, the Abbasun of the Akan, and to any of the deities of all the spirit forces within the ancestries to all listen to this broadcast live and those who will download it. Christianity deserves to be thrown in the ash can of history for stolen Africans worldwide and a revival of our African spirituality that was outlawed by Caucasoids, the only real power they feared, must, must be consciously and deliberately re-enlivened in each and every one of us. As Ra Efabema says in um, Hidden Hands, Healing Spirits, we need one million awakened shrines to affect real change in our conditions. And Africa's reascension will hope to serve as a catalyst to speed that process up. We don't need folks, now, 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 let me be clear. We don't need folks who, only, who want to only do the spiritual thing. We need folks who are re-embracing the totality of our traditional culture and who are slated for nation-building and complete African sovereignty. Led by our deities and our cultural way, we will be further along on the road to set goals than all previous movements of the past that we now blindly emulate. They serve their purposes to get us mentally to this point we're at now, but it's now past time to move to the next level, using our classical and traditional spiritual systems to serve as the foundations of our sovereignty and nation-building efforts while simultaneously casting away all vestiges of foreign ideologies, thought forms, religious lies, and systems. The Bible is not the word of God. Christianity is not God's way for African people worldwide, period. We have gods, deities, spirit forces that predate this colonizing Christian chimera that they call God. And we have African spiritual texts and thought forms that predate this colonizing Bible and no form of lying to ourselves and trying to make it ours will save us. It hasn't to date, will not in the future, and we damn future generations by holding on to it with a death-like grip and making excuses for it. Okay, I'm through. <laughs> I just had to get that into the record because I, I, I didn't want to forget about it. Now, I got a question, though, in, in, in regards to that. I was thinking about it, listening to you, and, and remember what Sister Imani said. So, well, two questions I have. One, um, are you going to do a show addressing Islam? And the reason why I asked that specifically is because um, I spoke to Baba um, Quasi of uh, the Blacklist, 
Mm-hmm. And he was, you know, dropping some stuff on me about how many of us are not addressing the Islamic peace. Um, just the Christian, the Euros, but we don't address the Islam and the Arab peace, um, which that is even almost taboo in a lot of ways because so many Africans on the continent turned away from one white, one one pale face to another, if you will. Um, so one, I want to um, ask you to show that um, is is in the horizon with the because and and again with the same balance and the same fervor as Christianity because um, Baba Baba Kwasi was telling me that how you know different parts of the continent people don't eat if they're not practicing Islam mm. like it's it's quite similar and more so even. Islam has there's more people of, of Muslim faith from my understand than there are of Christians. It's even more so many places in the world where there's there's things dictated on being, you know, on laws because they have I think it's Sharia case called right. where the, the where the state is is basically connected which makes sense. That that's not you know, that's very much quote unquote African that makes sense. Why wouldn't you have the laws based on spirit? Uh, but uh, <laughs> or or you know or, or your divinity, if you will, like duh. So um, that's one question. Second question. Well, let me ask. Well, maybe this question should be should be first. Um, how do we, who know better and trying to do better, how do we still able to work with folks? who are steeped in Christianity yet have uh, beneficial assets that will help to empower and liberate our people, although they're still caught in the Christian uh, mindset. See, you're going to ask good questions for probably seven minutes left. I can give a the, 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 uh, good quick answer to the first one um, about the show on Islam. I would probably have to bring someone in who who's more knowledgeable about the specifics of how they did what they did to us because I could definitely give some of the argumentation on it, if you will. Like I sort of laid it out how part one of this show was the argumentation, and this show I, I tried to focus on, on more the documentation, more those specifics. Um, so so, so I, could, I could definitely give the argumentation on it with a little bit of stuff, but my own documentation on its specificity is a bit scant, so I'd have to... Um, dig up somebody or, or somebody had to be presented to me who had that as their area of emphasis because for me my area of emphasis is Christianity because it's just got so many of us in that death-like grip and they're doing some other stuff. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I, 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 I personally fully understand that it was Arabs and the Islam that softened us up for the cause of us to do what they did. Um, mm-hmm. 
and, and, and I'm not, you know, I don't hold no punches back just because, you know, you got the Nation of Islam and they have a lot of good points and they have some stuff that Elijah Muhammad was doing on one level that we need to reduplicate <laughs> to, 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 to get to a particular level that they got at when he was alive. And, you know, mm-hmm. Baba Amos in Blueprint for Black Power talks about that. He lays out some of the good stuff and then lays out some of the bad stuff. And so, uh, but, yeah, as far as critiquing it, no, I have no problem with that. But I don't want to just, like a lot of shows, give a lot of rhetoric, and, and I can do that. That's no problem. But I also want to give documentation and specificity, and I'm, I'll admit I'm a bit lacking on the specifics on how Islam came in and did what they did um, to, to basically take over North Africa, you know, from the time that they did until today. So I'd have to hopefully someone who was who had that as an area of emphasis, they could um, make themselves be known to me, and then um, I'd bring them on the show and have them talk about it. Now, how how do we work with folks within these other systems? Um, the first thing that comes to me is what type of structure is it that, that, that we're working in unison in, um, how fervent are they in the preaching and the proselytization of their particular colonizing system? Because I, I, I do know liberation-minded Christians and liberation-minded Muslims, and, and, and I can usually attempt to meet folks, at least if they have a pro-black slant. You know, you know, of course, ideally you want them to move to the Africa piece, but you know, I, I don't mind meeting folks halfway, at least if it's on a pro-black level as far as that tangible working with people. Uh, now, when you get more serious as far as creating programs on, let's say, the education or the education of little children uh, and, and putting together curriculum and stuff like that, that's where it gets sketchy, and I haven't figured out an answer on how to do that yet because a, a Christian or a Muslim and a traditional African person will be coming from three different worldviews. And, and, and while it's easier, it, it's not even while, it's easier to fuse together Yoruba, Akan, Vodun, you know, if you've got three people coming from those perspectives, it's, it's easier to fuse those three things together into a cohesive unit because they're still coming from the essential same worldview versus someone that's Christian, Islamic, and traditional Africa. I mean, those are almost antipodal worldviews, each one to each other one. And so I'll be honest, I have not formulated in my head a way to fuse that gap. So if, 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 if the organization was doing some light stuff, or not even light stuff, but they weren't, you know, formulating programs on, 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 Re-education on other stuff. If they were doing 